You're listening to Technical Outcast. I'm your host, Steve Reagan, and today I'm joined by Dr. Kryptia. We're going to talk about the darknet. Welcome back, Cryptia buddy. Good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. Uh, other than uh, I don't want to look at the news anymore. I'm okay. Yeah, I don't blame you. The news is starting to get uh, both uh, frustrating and repetitive. I don't. I don't really know. I, I I don't really have anything good to say about the news. I've been avoiding it now for the past couple of days. <laughs> Yeah, I've been trying for a while, but then um, everything seemed to kind of explode last night, so I had to go look and do some reading. Yeah, times like these, a good book, a good book will help you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think today, uh, my plan for today is also to just unplug and do some more artwork and uh, lower my blood pressure that way. Yeah, speaking of the artwork, how's that going for you? You've, you've had a couple of different projects coming up uh, here lately. Good, um, I finished one watercolor and I'm starting another, it might be watercolor, it might be uh, acrylic, I'm not sure. I bought some supplies uh, the other day. I actually ventured out into the world and went into a store uh, that was open and um, yeah, I got the materials. I just got to sit down and do it. So we'll see. The next one's going to be a still life. Now, I know it, it sounds fancy, but for those of you who don't know Cryptia, it, it is paint by number. Um, it's very easy. <laughs> very easy stuff. You could follow along at home. He does have a Twitch stream. Uh, it's kind of like Bob <laughs> Ross, but on acid. And he, he, he can help you you know, relieve the stress. We're going to put dangerous, happy trees over here. And <laughs> I, I, it's, it's really comical. The, the first time, uh, I ever saw a Bob Ross mm. thing. I, I, I was just like, this man is mesmerizing. And then somebody on YouTube put up this video. It was like Bob Ross on LSD. And I'm like, that's frightening. <laughs> that is just horrible. Why would you do that? There was there was a sketch, and I want to say it was Saturday Night Live with uh, Will Ferrell, but it might have been somebody else on another uh, show. But they did a uh, a version of Bob Ross, who was like a Vietnam War vet, who had a flashback. What? Oh, God. It was funny and terrifying at the same time. And the thing is, if, if you if you do any kind of research on Bob Ross, he used to be in the military. He used to be a drill sergeant, I think. Yeah, he was a drill sergeant. Yeah, I yeah. do remember that. And he went the total opposite after he got out and just became the happy tree guy. <laughs> happy, happy trees. I miss happy Bob trees. Ross. He, he, he's, he was one of the good ones. He was a calming influence. We need, we need the those calming influences back. We need our Bob Ross back. We need our Mr. Yeah. Rogers. He still is. You can get, uh, he's on Netflix and a lot of them are on YouTube. So, uh, and I think they're still on, on cable, uh, channels. Like when I, I was one of the, um, uh, Shmukans that I was at, uh, I, I just like, I had enough with, of everybody. And I went up to my room and I flipped on the TV and Bob Ross was on. So I laid down in the bed, I watched Bob Ross and then I fell asleep and it was like the best nap ever hell yeah 
That would be amazing. Like, yeah, <laughs> you come back to your room after a stressful, like, just general stress of being around way too many people. And Bob Ross is like, Look at this tree. <laughs> Look at this tree. Take this tree. Well, you know, in a, in a way, and it's the last thing I'll say about him. Um, <laughs> in a way, <laughs> he's kind of like um, the progenitor almost of this uh, ASMR kind of thing because he talked really softly oh absolutely in fact the early asmr videos were bob ross videos like that's where that came from i i i talked to way too many people who are into asmr and spoiler alert i i'm one of them you know i use that to relax but everybody that i talked to they're like i would get the same feeling from watching him and hell yeah i used to watch bob ross videos just to relax dudes chill hell yes yeah, his, his work is, you know, kind of derivative, but it is what it is. You can learn how to paint uh, something that looks like, you know, a painting fairly quickly and uh, easily. I love I love how the entire theme of this ep episode is supposed to be exploring the dark net. And yet you and I are talking about Bob Ross. You know, I'm just I'm just going to create a, dark, a new dark net page just for Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> the Bob Ross Darknet Appreciation Society. <laughs> I could go twisted too. I could make him into a serial killer or something. You know, <laughs> that would fit with some of the stuff that happens on the Darknet. I mean that that would that would align quite well to a few places. Yeah, a new legend begins. I watched uh, I watched a, a documentary on Bob Ross, and I, I I I know we're supposed to be talking about the Darknet. No, right now we're talking about Bob Ross. <laughs> And this is this is how a Saturday morning works, folks. Welcome to the show. If you're new here, <laughs> we have no cognizant thought. We just we're like little 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 Jack Russell Terriers. We see a shiny object, we chase it. Right now, it's Bob Ross. And so, <laughs> I saw this documentary. Do you know none of his paintings are actually like you can't like just go out and buy them? They're actually held in his office. Like all of his paintings are in in the office. Right. And yeah, I, I saw that same same documentary. Yeah. So like that one lady and her husband who were really good friends with him, they have a copy of all of his paintings. That's dope. Yeah. Like like that is a treasure trove of like history and and I'm going to assume like highly valuable art to collectors. And people people do want to collect it. Yeah. And and the thing is, like he for every show he did, he would do like three of those paintings. Yeah. One went to the lady and her husband, one went to a studio, and then usually one was either uh, shot on film and scrapped or it was just donated. And yeah. that's crazy and super cool. Like, I, I I can't say anything bad about this, man. Like, everything, when I think of Bob Ross, it's nothing but positive. And that's just more positive for the proof. And it's, and it's I don't know, it's it, maybe it's just our generation. We grew up on Bob Ross, but maybe it's, it's also the fact that he's just legit. One of the really good people. And like everything that man touched was gold. Yeah. yeah he just, he did, he fought what, what, uh, what it's called in, uh, Oh, what was that guy? Mytho, uh, the mythos guy. He, he called it following your bliss. And, that, and that's basically what he did. Yeah. You know, got out of the military and then just started this painting thing. And uh, it became like a, a movement in a way. It's really kind of kind of interesting how it happened. And, and uh, I am I'm glad that it's still around, that I can just chill to it. Yep. Yeah. 
I remember uh, the younger generations got exposed to Bob Ross for the first time. He there was like this marathon on Twitch, and it was kind of like off a, a it was a play on the whole Twitch plays thing. But they they streamed a whole bunch of Bob Ross shows back to back to back to back to back, and there were people on Twitch watching it live for the very first time in their entire lives, and it was so fun watching the comments. Like, he, he would go and he's like, all right, now we're going to put a little cloud over here. And they'd be like, clouds, clouds, clouds. And he'd swipe it with his knife. And they'd be like, no, you ruined it. Oh, he ruined it. And then he saved it. They would go back and forth. And it was hysterical, just hysterical watching that. God, that was a long time ago. I think that that series, I think that happened in like 2015. Wow. That was a long time ago. God, we're old. Oh, time is compounded lately too we're like eons old right now right i do i feel ancient i gave i gave an impromptu talk the other day i know folks if you're listening we were supposed to do darknet we'll get to it i promise we're we're leading into it but right now shiny objects speaking of being old i did a talk the other day to a, a class about the wares scene ha see this is where we're getting to the darknet the 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 where scene on IRC back in the nineties, and it was basically Grandpa Steve tells a story, and so I, I talked about the where scene and what it was like on the IRC in the nineties and the bot wars and things like this. And the comments I was getting reminded me of how old I was. Um, I had mentioned a couple of key dates, and somebody was like, "Wow, you know, I had heard about that, but I wasn't born yet." And I'm like, Haha, "Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that so much. <laughs> well, I had I had that same kind of moment where I realized I forget what I was watching, but I I realized that I went from a time where there are no computers and I actually set movable type to now doing full layouts on a computer. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I feel old. I can remember when your phone literally was just a phone. It had no special function. Like I remember the giant bricks in the eighties that we called cell phones and we were super proud of those. Like that, <laughs> that was like a baller level symbol status right there. You know, I've got a bag and if I reach into my bag, I've got a phone. Don't make me call your ass. Like it, it was, it was one of those, those things. And now you look at them and they're teeny tiny and they're really expensive. And if you lose one, you're depressed for days because that's a lot of money you just lost. And it, oh, yeah. it, it frustrates the hell out of me. And they've taken over our lives. Oh, yeah. No, I can't. I can't function without my phone. That's the sad part. Like, it's too ingrained in my day now. So we've got the where scene in IRC and we've got these phones. And you're wondering, when are you going to get to the topic? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> On this mythical land called the dark net, you can find phones, you can find stolen phones, you can find brand new phones, you can find borrowed phones and broken phones. You could also find wares. And if you're not familiar with that term, it's basically pirated software. It is uh, pirated music. All of this stuff's available on the dark net. Not in how you're thinking it though. Like for example, your music comes from streaming media services. You get stolen accounts there your phones are usually carded meaning that somebody stole a credit card purchased the phones in bulk and now they're selling them at a discount because it's still profit to them at the end 
And then you have the darknet itself. And there's a lot of FUD that goes on with the darknet. People think that it's like this seedy underbelly, like in the back of an alley, black market type thing. And in some cases it is, but for the most part, it's very much a public resource that anybody can access. So let's start with the fear. Over your years of researching on the darknet, tell me some of the FUD that you've heard. Oh, there's so much FUD. Um, well, most of the FUD surrounds these darknet pages uh, like Red Rooms. And uh, if, you, if you don't know what a Red Room is, it's uh, an alleged uh, page where you'll have a video feed of somebody being tortured and uh, you pay to, pay to see it. I, you've probably seen it in movies or TV shows, right? So there's a lot of that. And um, in reality, they're, they're just exit schemes. 99.999% um, of the time, I think. Um, I think I've only read about one that, that might have been the real deal um, that, you know, was taken down. But yeah, that's that's that. And then there's, there's like sites that are just ARGs. Uh, they're active role player type games where... You, you've got like a Red Room scenario or if you, you've got um, some kind of creepy serial killer uh, evidence or, oh, 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 found, found footage stuff. That's really cool. Um, and, and you get that stuff on YouTube as well, but it's also in the dark net. Um, so yeah, the, the fear comes from that kind of stuff as well as uh, only only scary criminal people live in the dark net and, and do things that are illegal, uh, hire, you know, hackers for hire, assassins for hire. Uh, yes, there is CP. There's a lot of CP, uh, that's, uh, child porn, uh, and abuse of that nature. And, um, that is a consistent problem with the dark net, but the, uh, the feds and other organizations are, are all, all over that when they can, you know, take them down, they do. But I think generally it's just an underlying misapprehension of how the Tor network works um, and whether or not it's truly totally anonymous, which it isn't necessarily unless you really know what you're doing. And even then um, you could get scooped up uh, if you're doing bad things because somebody owns a Tor node, you know, an exit node and decides to capture data. Um, yeah. So I think most of it's just the mystery of it. People don't really understand how it works and that kind of engenders this fear in them. It does actually. And I think one of the easiest ways to try and explain the, the mystery of the dark nets to talk about something you hit on exit scams Exit scams are, I don't know, how, how would you put that? They're basically, they exist to take all of the money they can up front and then just walk away. You see them a lot with the darknet markets. You see them with one-off websites. Um, like, for example, the Red Rooms, which, by the way, if you're not familiar with the, what a Red Room means, I mean, you, you heard Cryptia explain what they look like, but if the term's not new to you, don't Google it. You're fine. You don't need mm. to know. Um, 
it's just not it's not something you want to go searching for because even if they're fake the imagery and the things you see are highly disturbing um what was it two weeks ago you and i did a, a live broadcast and we talked about uh some of the things we see on the dark net that we didn't want the kids to to really hear about we we censored a lot of that live stream because there's a lot of a lot of ugly stuff up front which is usually what everybody searches for when they get onto the dark net it's like this you want to watch the the crash on the other side of the highway you want to look over and see so the first thing they do is they go out and look for a lot of this stuff and unfortunately yeah. they find it so like the red rooms are one the exit scams are another um one of the i remember one of the first type of websites i found was a a journal i guess of a guy who claimed to be a serial killer and it was quite descriptive i reported it and it turns out it was completely fake but it was so descriptive that it was disturbing like it was disturbing enough to get my attention to be like hey i need to get this reported this guy might be serious that's very common you'll see that stuff you know all over it but for the most part the darknet these days it's just it's a series of markets and a, a way to sell things mm. yeah the, the markets are big and uh, i mean ever since uh, silk road really uh, version one right you know uh, well i mean look at uh so there's a, a thing called onion search and what it does is it brings up uh are you, do you have onion search are you familiar with that i think you're yeah. the one that, yeah I'm the one that gave you the link. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're the one that gave me this link. But, like, Onion Search brings up the latest crawled websites over the last, like, 24 hours or so. And if you look at today's thing, it's you got a mix here of porn and sales. So you've got a vendor selling stolen bank accounts and PayPal logins. You've got um, the marketplace called the Millionaire Private Club. You've got the Apple Market, which is all carded merchandise. So I'm going to click on the Apple market. Let's look at this. Is the Apple market an exit scam or is this an actual storefront? This is an actual storefront. All right. So let's talk about this carded markets. How does this work? This works after a criminal has stolen your credit card. And once they steal your credit card, they need to cash out the balance on your card. And they do this by making purchases, small purchases at multiple locations or online shops in order to receive physical merchandise. Now, once the order is placed, the merchandise is then sent to a distributor or a mule. This is the person who applied for that work from home job when all they got to do is ship out packages to other customers. Logistics management, sometimes they call it. So what they do is they get these, these carded items in the mail and then the boss tells them when to ship them out. So if you go onto one of these stores and you go to buy it, then that person's gonna be shipping you something. And if you look here, you can get a brand new iPhone 11 for $499. Yep. That's a nice discount, except that's $500 profit to the criminal because they didn't spend a dime of their own money getting this. And in this particular store, we've got uh, iPhone 11s, Apple Watches, iPad Pros, MacBook, MacBook Airs, Mac Minis. You've got this giant TV for $2,000. Oh, no, wait, that's a monitor. $2,000. That's the new monitor. That go, yeah, $2,000 monitor. Jesus yeah. Christ. Right? Like, that's insane. 
And yet this is, this is a carded website. This is absolutely one of the, the places you can go to buy stolen merchandise and it exists. These are real and it's a complete and utter crime to take part in this. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking I'm going to get a really cheap Apple device, don't do that. Don't do that at all. That's, that's theft. That's crime. And you will get, get caught and you will be the one to do the time for this because the criminal is hidden behind multiple layers. The police will never actually, it'll take them a long time to track down the original originator of this crime. But like you, the customer, the person that shipped it to you, the person that shipped it to them, all of that stuff, that's going to be where the police start working and all, all of that gets wrapped up in the crime. You don't want to be part of that. Stay away from that. I, I also kick in a couple things here. First of all, this site is really well put together. Unlike many sites, which are like you know, fly by night, rinky dink sites. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a lot of work that they put into this. Second thing is uh, look at the top and you'll see uh, a link for fakes. They're showing other sites that are claiming to be them. Basically these are fake sites. Yeah. And they do this, um, one to stamp out competition and two to set themselves aside for a level of legitimacy. What I found interesting, if you click delivery there, it gives you an estimated, uh, wait time for your delivery, <laughs> which is, it's, it's very, very interesting to see that, um, Oceana can take up to 12 days, Asia is nine to 10 days. And then Europe in the United States is five to seven business days, which tells me that's where a lot of their product is held. And then in like, let's say you were ordering in Oceana. So a distributor in Europe would probably ship it to Oceana and it takes that long to clear customs and everything like that. That's the, the delay. It's coming from one of the distribution points. They probably don't even have anybody in Australia down there. That's probably why it's so long. Africa eight mm -hmm. to 11 days, uh, South America, Latin America, nine to 10 days. Yeah. Like they've got, you know, contacts, FAQs. And here's the thing. This is a, again, a legitimate shop. So they also have customer service and yeah. that is a very, you know, a very common thing for a lot of these sellers is they provide excellent service they have to that's how they stay in business our pricing yeah. structure becomes easy to understand once you are aware of the ways these products are obtained by buying them from thieves in physical locations in rare cases or usually by carting on popular internet marketplaces such as that one and that one and that one is self-explanatory carting on the other hand is more complicated it's the activity of using leaked credit card pay. I'm reading directly from this company's website. Yeah. This is this is what I'm reading right now. I'm reading their FAQ and they're explaining why the prices are so cheap. Effectively, we are able to obtain many popular items of merchandise at a fraction of their actual retail price and then profitably sell them for Bitcoin. And they talk about the use of escrow services. This is a huge thing. You can tell when a retailer on the dark net is actually taking it seriously when they offer escrow services, which is a trusted third party where you would place your money and it only goes to the seller once you receive your product. 
Now, here's the problem. There are darknet services that say they offer escrow, and that trusted third-party escrow provider is actually them, so they're still taking your money and walking away, and you get nothing in return. That happens. But it, it's... This is, yeah, this this was a good find early this morning. Like, this is a legit shop. It is a carded shop, and they probably do have a steady business. I mean, it's a very well put together website. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, Amazing. I'm just going to skip the porn links on this, this recent crawl. I'm just going to assume it's real and just move on. I'm not in the mood to see that this morning. Yeah, avoid them. Avoid the the non-listed things. Yeah, anything that doesn't have a listing explaining what it is, I can guarantee you that you 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 don't want to see it because I know what that would be, and no, you don't. You don't want that. There you go. The other one down, uh, the tour vendor right there. Mm -hmm. Bank account. Let's open that one. Black Friday sale, fifty percent off everything. Yeah, this is a fake website. I, I would probably call this out as a cash out. Although the structure of the website and the pricing available, this is this is real. This is how pay, stolen PayPal accounts are sold online. Yeah. So um, for those, obviously you're listening to this, you're not able to see. What I'm looking at is a, a list of 15 available PayPal accounts. And these accounts have been stolen, compromised, either in a phishing attack or a malware attack either way. And how they're being sold is thus. If the the top line here has an account balance of $825, so you can buy that account for $40, thus earning a $785 profit. That's how they're being sold. They're being sold at a fraction of the balance in order to just get rid of the account. They don't wanna keep that in inventory. Now this particular website just looks kind of janky. I don't think it's a legitimate website, but the pricing structure and how the accounts are sold, it mirrors everything else you would see in an actual market. I'm having a hard time believing somebody would keep $5,700 in their PayPal account though. That's crazy. Yeah. That just, that does not, why would you do that? <laughs> well, you know, they use it now for paying your bills and everything else, so. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And it's also, they could have that much credit. Yeah. What else is this place selling? Oh, here we go. Bank accounts. And again, it's the same type of structure. So this bank account balance for a well-known bank in the United States has an $11,000 balance. It's being sold for $56. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that is a red flag. So basically, if if we were on a, a legit market, an $11,000 balance on a bank account would probably sell for about one to $200 and then go off. So that he's selling, and I say he just to put a, a marker on the, the person behind this website, but they're selling it for such so low that, yeah, it, red flags left and right. But this is, you know, again, the dark net has its ups, its downs. Um, you were tracking art on the dark net not too long ago. Hey, goes back to your, your painting thing we started off earlier. 
<laughs> yes. Um, in fact, I was talking about that again yesterday on Twitter because um, some story came up, um, and I, I'm, I'm in the. I'm almost done with this book. It's a a new book on the Gardner heist in Boston. Um, that's the one that uh, they stole the storm on the Sea of Galilee by Rembrandt and some other works. And um, I have a kind of weird connection to that whole thing <laughs> because I actually went to the museum uh, not too long before the heist and you know visited the museum. I used to live in Boston. Um, then it happened and I was like, ooh, you know, uh, I've been kind of a fan of art heist movies anyway, you know, and I went through art school and stuff. So it all interests me. Um, that and forgery, right? So uh, I'm reading this book and it's about uh, this guy, Royce, his last name is Royce. He's a, a gangster, mobster from, uh, from Boston, East End crew. And um, he was brought in to this uh, mob uh, family and worked for them. He came up with the idea of robbing the gardener. He figured out how to do it. And he and the uh, mob crew that he belonged to had planned on doing it, but then something happened and it never happened. Uh, they got busted for uh, some other art because it turns out they robbed some house in Newton that had quite a bit of art in it um, that he, this guy Royce knew about. And in trying to fence uh, all the art, they got, uh, <laughs> they got nabbed by the FBI. The, the FBI sent a, a UC. And so they, they got pinched. He went to jail. And while he was in jail and the others were in jail, the, the heist happened. So uh, this reporter kind of picked up on this guy and they've been talking. And uh, one of the weird facts is that uh, one of the mobsters who may have been a part of that ended up living uh, like a mile or two away from me. Here. Oh, no way. Right, right. on. So, so I'm, I'm sitting at home one day and the news flash is like FBI raids this guy's house and they give an address. I'm like, fuck, that's right down the street. And what they were looking for was the Rembrandt and the rest of the art. They dug up his yard. They did all kinds of stuff searching that house. They didn't find anything. This guy Gentile, uh, Robert Gentile, I believe his name is. And so, you know, these paintings are still missing. And where it comes into the darknet is one day I was in the darknet, as I am every day, pretty much. And I came across a site that was offering uh, forged paintings. And so I, I looked, it up, looked around and, and um, I actually contacted the email address because they said, look, you know, I'm not really interested in the storm on the Sea of Galilee. I, I have this other artist's work in mind. Can we, can we talk about how much it would be to get that painting forged, right? I wanted to see uh, what they would say. And they were kind of cagey. And, um, you know, I got the feeling like they didn't want to deal with me. They, they only had what they had. And um, so I was like, fine. So I did a comparison on, on my blog of the, 
storm on the Sea of Galilee from the actual gardener and the painting that they they had a picture of and some of the other artwork. Um, and so this this came up uh, this week again, and I, I said, well, let me go check and see if that site's still there. And it was. It's changed addresses a couple of times. It's even changed the name of the of the site, but it's still offering the same paintings, and uh, you know has a Bitcoin address and all that stuff. So I was like, you know, out of all the the pages on the dark night and uh, dark net, they are a dark night um, on the dark net. They, <laughs> I'm Batman um, on the dark net. Uh, this one is like been constant. Like it's always there in some form. Why is that? You know, and then all these other sites are getting taken down or, or they just, they decide that, you know, it's an exit exit scam and they want out. I mean, why is this one so consistent? So it, because the government makes it so, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's one of the thoughts I had is like, Hmm, you know, I wonder if this is like just a, a dangle of some kind, but, um, yeah, no, uh, it's the only page that's specific just to forged paintings. Uh, other places I've seen, uh, in markets, they're, they're selling stuff that maybe got stolen, but you're not going to see like major a major site that's offering uh, stolen artwork just just that you know it's it's onesie twosie and a lot of the the stolen artwork um, if you if you go out and you bother to read any of the books on art crime uh, a lot of times when stuff gets stolen from museums it ends up being held for a certain amount of time until the um, the the time limit goes out on charges for it. And then they they like ransom it back. Or in the case of uh, there's been a lot of mob uh, activity in stealing artwork over the over the years, and they will uh, make a deal to get somebody uh, a reduced sentence or or whatever uh, by by turning over the artwork, um, or or they'll go to the insurance companies and and return it for a fee. You know that that brings up a another interesting. Thing I found not too long ago uh, an actual fence there are fence crews that are active on the dark net and you either a like I did stumble across them or b you're directed to them from like a physical meeting like these are these are not the websites that show up in scams like uh, Krypton and I are looking at on fresh onions these are websites that if you know their address then you know them if you don't then you don't um, I found it by clicking on a link of a link of a link of a link from somebody I was talking to and they're brokers. Um, you bring them the stuff, they connect you with buyers and they take a commission out of the middle. It's, it's a straight fencing operation. And what's really interesting is there are times when you'll see artwork pass through there. But again, like Crypto was just telling you, it's, it's only after the statute has kind of run out and nobody's looking for it anymore. When things are hot, you can't really sell sell that stuff. It, it does not move as quickly as you know, TV or movies would have you think. But I found it really interesting that there is a fencing, like an actual fencing operation that's just kind of sitting there, and they've they've been around for a while. I'll try and find that link. If I do, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you just so you can play around with it because it's it's very interesting. 
Um, going back to some of the things we found, I did find a legitimate store selling hacked uh, accounts on PayPal. And these, uh, these particular accounts are fished. So for example, here you've got a balance of $2,023. You can buy it for 212. Um, you've got an account of $803. You can get it for 90. These are more nuanced pricing uh, levels. And actually this is legit. Um, this particular vendor has been around for a long time and there's uh, their storefront on one of the dark markets too. Uh, they're a high rated vendor. And then we found another one here. Uh, this is offering stolen credit cards and this is, this is the interesting thing. So they're, they're offering cloned credit cards and they're like, well, why would you want to buy from us? And it says, we don't make use of any of the techniques mentioned before. So that's skimming, carding, fishing, things like this. We are insiders. Now you can think what you want, but we're making a profit of our situation. We are a small team with administrators, technicians, developers, and engineers acting within a huge international company with access to dozens of client databases. These databases contained millions of user payment records. We don't need to collect them or buy them in bulk from other marketplaces. We're taking them from the source in nearly unlimited amounts. And this particular seller is selling you cloned cards. From anywhere in the world, you can get Visa or MasterCard. They don't care. And you get the stolen card. And it's, again, somebody with uh, this particular retailer has a, a, a decent reputation, not necessarily high, not too low, but they're known and they've been around for a while. So now that we've kind of talked about what the dark net is and what you can find on it, how do researchers like us use the dark net? What are we doing with it? Why are we here? I mean, for some of this, it's pure amusement. Like we just search to see what we can see and, and try to learn more. But there are also times when we're using it for very specific reasons. And I don't know, I think a good example would be uh, Dark Fox. You sent me that link yesterday. <laughs> so Dark Fox is a marketplace. And the first thing that stands out to it is unlike other marketplaces, this one's just open to the public. You don't need an account to be on here. I think you need an account if you want to be a registered seller. But looking at the vendor levels, like I'm looking at one vendor right here who's got all kinds of offers. Um, bank transfers, ATM malware, uh, credit reports. This dude's got a trust level of three out of five and almost no sales of any consequence. And yet you've got others on here who are selling, you know, drugs that have like lots of sales that are being, what do you think of this marketplace? What's your thoughts when you first saw it? Uh, when I, when I ran across it, it was like brand new. Um, I guess it started in January maybe. Um, and I was like, well, this is interesting. You don't need to sign in. So there's that, you know, so I started doing searches and, and poking around and that was fun. Uh, which led me to believe that, you know, they're not really as serious as other places where they demand a, 
that you sign up and even others will demand uh, you put escrow in before you do anything kind of thing, you know, before you can look. So uh, there's that. But then I started looking at um, all the different categories and I was looking for ransomware uh, being for sale and uh, all the Trojan rat kind of stuff. And in looking at the uh, people selling this stuff and what they were offering, uh, it just comes off just shy of a scam site. You know, it's, I think, I think they're actually literally trying to sell stuff. They're being earnest about it, but I wouldn't trust any of them. Yeah. It, it, it comes to me, you know, it comes off to me looking like something that is just exit screams exit. Like you're going to pay money into escrow to be a vendor and all your money is going to be gone. Yeah. So I think, I think some of these vendors are legit. Like uh, Mr. Sosa, for example, I've seen him on a couple of different marketplaces and yeah. um, he, he has a fairly, fairly solid reputation, but there, there are other vendors on here that are just completely new. I've never seen, seen them anywhere. And so kind of going back to the point, um, when I use the dark net, I'm keeping track of vendors and what they sell. I'm tricking, keeping track of how they sell it, how it's packaged up. So like, uh, I'm, I'm really big in following, uh, credential stuffing and, um, hijacked accounts and phishing. And so I keep track of the vendors who sell and what they sell for and how often they sell it. And so when I see new vendors, I try to find them in other places. And a lot of times you can't go by the person's username on a given darknet forum. You go by their product and their contact and support details. That's when you see overlaps and, and marketing things. So some of these, these vendors I've seen in other places, Mr. Sosa is one that's using the same name across multiple places, but also, um, Dr. Wit here is in, in, uh, Dark Fox seems fairly new, but if you look at Dr. Wood's contact information, he's on a couple of different market spots as well. Um, so let's let's kind of break down what they're looking for. So like if I was going through this, one of the first things I'm looking at are uh, banking, bank drops, I'm looking for credit cards, I'm looking for FULLS, F-U-L-L-Z. Um, I'm looking for things that aggravate credential stuffing or purchase fraud. And the reason why I'm doing that is because that leads you to phishing crews that leads you to more credential stuffing stuff that leads you to botnet networks, all this stuff kind of ties together in the back end. So it allows you to, to keep threads. Um, one of the interesting things on this market that has a high volume of listings is data and scans. What do, you, do you ever follow data and scans? I mean, you, you've got experience in the finance realm as well. So is this something you pay attention to or am I just the odd duck here? No, sometimes I do. Um, for most of my stuff, if it really only keys off of my environment or maybe clients, you know, but I'll, I'll follow it down the rabbit hole. Um, yeah, sometimes I go down that rabbit hole. Well, see, the, the thing that, that stood out to me when I looked in this particular was uh, Apple's, Gold Apple is the username. Apple's a little offer here for Walgreens pharmacy labels, prescription mm -hmm. labels. 
Yeah. Like that's something you don't see all the time. So either this is a vendor doing legitimate business or this is a scammer who has purchased one of these from another trusted source and they're reselling it, yeah. which when they resell stuff like this, um, this is how, this is how the, the underside of the dark net market works is scammers will steal from others and then resell it. But what happens is the buyer gets a poor quality product that isn't updated. And so when that happens, that's where you see the arrest come from. This is what I mean when I was talking earlier that when you buy carded products, you're the one going to jail, not the criminal that did the, the stuff. Because when law enforcement starts tracking this down, they go up the chain and everybody in that chain gets targeted. But the further away from the exit point the criminal is, the one responsible for it, the harder it is to track them down. So when you're using poor quality pharmaceutical labels, you're going to get busted because they'll catch the forgery. And you're the one on the hook for that, not the person who was selling it. So this yeah. is, you know, markets like this just stand out to me as a place to where like, again, this, this totally looks like a scam. You got driver's licenses from various states being sold. And this is one guy, like two people in this, this section of the, the board selling things. Oh, oh, there's drunk ninja. Yeah, drunk ninja. He's all over it. <laughs> drunk ninja is on it. Drunk ninja is just like selling everything right now. One man bizarre. <laughs> I I know this inside joke seems really off when you're listening to this, but Drunk Ninja is a seller on multiple forums and he he sells everything. If it could be sold online, Drunk Ninja has it and is probably trying to sell it at this very moment. And yeah. Oh look, he, Drunk Ninja's been here since the beginning too, since uh January thirtieth, twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah been a vendor since january 31st he wasted no time jumping on that bandwagon he's got a 4.75 <laughs> out of 5.0 rating look at that yeah that, that might just be one like one sale though I mean, like... it, it's very true it could be just one sale in fact when you read feedback from customers it is just one one point of feedback from may 15th yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you learn from your Amazon experience, like how things are rated and, you know. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Yo, so uh, there's like this big thing. Uh, Amazon uh, obviously took a step to prevent um, review fraud. And so like, you know, when you're reading Amazon, you only read the reviews from verified people who have purchased the, the product. And then you had the vendors that are like, hey, if you, you know, you bought my product, if you leave me a good review or a high star rating, I'm going to give you like five bucks. I'll give you like 10 bucks or, you know, something like this. And so now that's been a problem with shady vendors, you know, trying to yeah. game the review system. Straight up happens on darknet forums. You yeah. will see this in marketplaces all the time where people get extra goodies or some sort of perk or a bonus in order to leave favorable reviews. But unlike Amazon that can crack down on that stuff and keep track of it, the marketplaces cannot. It's very hard to do. And so you you kind of have to go with a grain of salt because a lot of these vendors, they work on their reputation. If their reputation gets bad, they can't do anything. And so they're, they're, they're shot. So yeah, 4.75 looks like a really high review until you look into the actual feedback and you see it's just from one person who 
finally ordered something months after this guy became a vendor. Yeah. But again, Drunk Ninja is just all over it. Drunk Ninja has got, um, is actually one of the ones I would follow because of credential stuffing. So like he's selling old databases. Like these are breaches that happened years and years and years ago. Uh, yeah. Daily Motion, Kickstarter, Forbes, um, what Subway and <laughs> so Century NBA configs for Subway, and people are like, "Why would you want that?" Because free food sells on the dark net. Like it, it can, configs for credential stuffing sell really well, particularly in the food industry, because when you can get points to gain gr free food, people buy that. It, it's a thing; they buy it. Um, what else? EB game receipts. So hmm. here, at least here in my neck of the woods, EB games went out of business like a long time ago. It got replaced by GameStop. And yeah. I, I guess they're still around because why else would you have receipts? So what would these receipts be used for? Returns. You make a receipt that says this game I bought, I bought from you. I'd like my money back, please. Or an in-store credit. And then you use the in-store credit or your money back to buy an actual game that you could turn around and flip for a profit later. That's just how it works. That's what they're doing. EB Games is still in uh, Canada, evidently. It's the largest video game retailer in Canada. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, hello to our Canadian friends. Congratulations for having EB Games, far superior to GameStop. It's headquartered in Brisbane, Australia. Oh, wow. Huh. Oh, and parent, the parent organization is GameStop. Oh, well, that sucks. So it must be just a an original name and then GameStop became the thing and they split sort of, but they still are owned by the same entity. Interesting. Lots of Century NBA configs. This guy is selling configs left and right, which is weird because some of these configs, uh, they're freely available in various other forums. Like you can just download them. You don't have to buy them. Huh? Well, you know, there are a lot of um, gullible people out there. Oh yeah. So. A fool and his money should should be part of yeah. absolutely yeah. absolutely so here are some other configs that actually these are the ones i would pay attention to um comcast direct tv um comcast direct tv Domino's, hilton the reason why i would pay attention to these is because there's there's a, a really high market for streaming media on the dark net and that's these kind of configs are what credential stuffing tools need to get to obtain. That's where the, the credentials are coming from. So yeah, there's the, he's selling a lot of manuals, a lot of how to things. Yep. And we talked about the, that the last time we were on together. Yep. You were, you were talking about all these old manuals that uh, <laughs> they don't work anymore. They don't mm -hmm. work anymore, but you'll see them packaged up and sold. And they're, they're people buy them. Like they, they literally buy these things out. Uh, like here's a manual for Amazon refund scamming. Amazon's this, this manual doesn't work anymore because Amazon's changed its security. Like they, they spend a lot of time and effort protecting their customers. And so stuff like this just doesn't work. How to make alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that. Out like, there. We're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and start moonshining right in our backyard. I spent some Bitcoin. That's what's going to happen. Well, you know, there's, there's that kind of stuff. It goes all the way up the, the chain to uh, making your own drugs, 
making explosives, you know, the usual uh, anarchist cookbook kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, I found stuff out there for, for making different kinds of uh, drugs. And I'm like, like, I got a lab here, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. So, and, and, and it's bad because you, you're going to get yourself killed or somebody else who takes it. So no joke, we were just talking about this and sure enough, Drunk Ninja has a manual for sale, how to manipulate even the best Amazon reputations. <laughs> there you go. I mean, like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I love this and guy. I, <laughs> and I think it, I th the thing is he probably came across all these tutorials somewhere else and just W get it the whole site. Oh yeah. Oh, most and, definitely. Most yeah. definitely. And so here's another one. Uh, I found this one earlier just in prep for the show, but I thought you'd get a kick out of it. Coronavirus financial guide, make money from outbreak financial crisis. This is a oh, yeah. manual being sold right now on the dark Fox market. And again, this whole market comes off as a scam. I don't think it's legit, but some of the stuff that's on here is it's interesting. If, if anything for a comedic value. I think the vendors are, are real. The vendors are real, yeah. but they're they're on here because kind of like they have to be on here. They they can't not be. Yeah. yeah, the vendors are in it to make their money. They have to be able to put themselves out there, and so even if there's a chance that it's it's a scam, they have to take that risk. And this this goes on to my point that I make a lot of times when I'm talking about it. The criminal economy mirrors the legit world economy to a T, to a T. And a lot of people don't realize this. What I mean by that is you have marketers, you have salespeople, you have promoters, you have middle managers, you have developers, you have QA, you have support. All of that exists in the legit real world. We're used to it. You know, as IT and security practitioners, these are realities for us. The criminal market has the exact same thing. The big difference is one of us is making legitimate legal money and the other ones are doing crime. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see the parallels, you know, and, and, you know, the only thing, the only thing that's different here is that they're in the onion router system. That's it. Right. Yeah. They have to know how to install Tor and then, then they know they got to either buy space on a, on a hoster uh, or, or they, you know, make their own host. They set up a box to do it, you know, and just hang that shingle out on the, on the dark net. Actually, you know what? Speaking of hosting, let's see what dark Fox has for hosting offers. What are we, what are we doing for? Yeah. They got a whole security? section of, uh, of hosting, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Whole section for hosting and security. So on the dark net, uh, the most popular web hosting offers are what's considered bulletproof hosting. And bulletproof hosting isn't fancy or special. It basically means you have a web host who doesn't care what you do with their services. And if lawyers or police come knocking, they just ignore them. Um, that's, that's pretty much all that means. But you pay a premium for it. So really good bulletproof hosting can cost you a small arm and a small leg if you're not, you know, price shopping. And you see this like on forums that criminals are price shopping their bulletproof hosting because they don't want to pay too much. And why don't they want to pay too much? Because it cuts into the bottom line. Because again, this is a business. This is just how things work for them. 
This market, see, this is another thing. This market is up and down. It has no stability, which right. I, I think is another telltale sign that something's wrong. Of course, you know, here we are completely shit-talking this, this market, and it could be completely legit. And they're just trying to trying their best, you know, like we're, we're. Yeah, they're, they're new. I mean, like, that's why I said, I think that at least the vendors are serious about it. We'll see later on if the, the actual hosts who created this thing are, are just looking to exit scam with all of their, their money, you know, but you know, the, the thing about uh, the bulletproof hosting and the hosting in general for the dark net is, is very fraught um, in uh, this last, I think it was this year, it came in 2020, finally, um, there was a, a hosting called Daniels, and they had a bunch of features, uh, including, you know, they hosted uh, pages, but they also had their own stuff, like a, a link list uh, and other things that was, like, scraping for new Onion sites and stuff. So I had the page uh, for Daniels link list on my uh on my browser uh, bookmarks. And one day I went and it was gone. And then I started uh, seeing posts on uh, deep paste about how Daniels got popped. And that's what happened. Somebody hacked them, took them all down, like everything's gone. Yep. And I think when, when that went down, I think I heard there were like, I don't know, upward of 7,000 potential sites that were taken down because of that. Yep. Like it was, it was a rapid spread. And it, it yeah. was what, 24 hours? Like it, it was all gone in yeah. 24 hours. Like it was yeah. fast. Just gone. So, you know, that's what I, when I talk about like transiency of sites, um, there, there's the people who host their own and maybe their internet went down that day and it's gone for whatever, um, for however long, or maybe they just get sick of it and, and scrap it and start a new one. Um, there's the, the hosting services that get uh, <laughs> raided by the feds because there's CP sites or other, you know, criminal activity going on that's happened in the past. So you see these ads for these hosting sites uh, that say they're bulletproof and they're somewhere in like Asia, uh, you know, where you're not going to, the cops aren't going to have an easy time of it trying to get in and and take all this stuff. So, you know, even, um, you know, going back to uh, the Dread Pirate and um, Silk Road, uh, they they actually went, wasn't it in Sweden? I think it was, that, yeah. I think yeah, it was Sweden. That the Bulletproof hosting was, and they, they managed to get the the image from there, you know, um, as well as grab uh, Dread Pirate's laptop while it was still on so that it wasn't encrypted, you know? That was the key, that yeah. they got his laptop while it was still on that unraveled everything if they would have gotten it just a few moments later where it was shut down silk road would probably still be in operation today i think that you know even with the undercovers and everything they had in the admin space it wasn't enough but getting it unlocked that's where things just came unglued and they specifically messy that case was really messy Oh, it got ugly with the the theft by the the two uh, cops or agents yeah. um, of bitcoins, and yeah, all of it was bad. It was just bad, um, dude. Trying to hire a hitman, I think it was. You told me like he was. He yeah, was... he he hired a, a UC. 
<laughs> That's what he did. Um, Surprise! The hitman's actually a fed. <laughs> Golly, yeah. they they went as far as taking uh, photographs of the guy that he was supposed to whack, you know, with like fake blood and everything to make it look like he got killed. Uh, but yeah, when they when they got uh, DPR, they they actually inserted themselves into the library where he was at, and kind of had that formation where they were close enough to him so then when the regular uh, agents came in and he realized what they were that he couldn't he tried to like you know shut down do the thing all that they they stopped him before he could even do that so they knew that that was the key that they had to get that laptop that when it was on and unencrypted yep so I finally got uh, the category to load up this is the hosting and uh, security category and right now it's cracked vpn software why would you trust cracked vpn software why would you do that stolen vpn accounts rdp hosting and a manual guess who's selling the manual uh, the drug ninja strikes again <laughs> learn everything about proxy and become well hold on let's see if i can get it to load here learn everything about it but no it's not it's not loading. The poor marketplace is dying. It's gone. It's it's falling down. Oh, oh Ninja's also got us a, a VPN service pre-activated. Isn't that isn't that cute? So yeah, it's it's like VPN hosting and RDPs, which RDPs are really key for bank drops. You'll see that a lot. Bank drops are stolen uh, banking accounts or fraudulently opened banking accounts that are used by criminals to cash out their money. They have to they have to put their money somewhere. And of course they have to do it in a bank, but banks have really good security. So they sell uh, bank drops, which are aged accounts or new accounts, depending on who you're buying them from, that are opened with stolen IDs and RDPs are used for online banking to establish a transaction history and things like this. Well, the key is to have an RDP that's in the area close to where the person who opened the account actually lives. And so you'll see residential RDPs and other things like this selling quite frequently with bank drops. So seeing RDP hosting being sold, very common, very, very, very common to see. But I'm just, I don't know, I, this whole market and the fact that it's still crashing upon me as I'm, I'm trying to, to navigate it, it just screams, <laughs> <laughs> just screams problem, screams. Yeah, yeah, it, you know. It's amusing. Uh, I, I looked at it. I, there was some stuff that I used uh, that was on that site to pass along to certain individuals that needed to see it uh, in the financial sector. But uh, yeah, otherwise I get a giggle. I mean, yesterday I found a, a site. Um, <laughs> it was the picture. I, I put it up on Twitter actually. And uh, it was, I forget what it was for, but it was a 1980s, like vibrant color, um, <laughs> cyber laser cats and a capybara in this image. And it was just like, I'm done. It, the, the dark nets won. You know, this is great. Um, but, <laughs> so basically, you, know, so, you were defeated by a shit poster on the dark net. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, okay, you've reached peak dark net right now. Um, I'm out. You know, so 
it's it's sometimes you run across these funny funny things um just you know like just gif files of weird things that's all the page is just a gif file you know um my my site that i put up on, in the dark net um this year it, it's hosted on a on a pie and uh you know it's it's low intensity stuff you know it's just html but um i've got two pages or two sites and one site is just a gif file like i was talking about and um it's it's hard to find so what it is it's a it's a gif file of the um broadcast interruption of doctor who by uh, a max headroom character uh it happened in the in the 90s i want to say and um the page is just called never forget because i love that hack that they they break into this broadcast as as max headroom and start doing all this crazy shit with remember the corrugated steel thing that they had in the background they had it on like a, a pulley system and they were going yeah. back and forth yep it was so goddamn funny if you're on youtube go look for that um that broadcast so they still don't know exactly how they did it and nobody ever got caught but i thought that was the funniest thing ever so i, I made just a page on that i think that's what made the the Doctor Who incident and then the Max Hedrum incident in Chicago so infamous was because nobody really got caught for it. Nobody really knows how or, or who and they exist. Like they happened. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, it was almost urban legend. You either saw it and you were a part of it or you heard about it. Right. There was no way to get that video. Yeah. And now oh, we have too. video, like it's there, yeah. like we've seen it. And so, yeah, it's, it was for the longest time, it was just myth. Like some people truly didn't believe it happened because they just, they never saw it. I believed and it happened just because like early on in, in my hacking years, I was just like, hell yeah, that happened. Why wouldn't it? Like, well, yeah. It's too cool not to happen. Well, it, it made, it did make it to the news. In fact, uh, if you find the YouTube about it, there's one that has the news broadcast about it, and then the actual break-in uh, video footage. So it's pretty cool. And there were two of them that day, um, one earlier and one later. So yeah, it was. it's just totally like one of those internet legends, you know? And so if you go into the darknet and you look for that kind of stuff, it's out there as well. You, if you find my, my GIF file, it's, that's all it is, is that page with that gift file him you know with the corrugated thing in the background just <laughs> it amuses the, the hell out of me oh yeah well alrighty, we are at an hour and seven minutes i think it's time to call it now that we've just crossed over to the hour and eight minutes i love these conversations this is this is just fun we can go off on tangents and still do something pretty cool but before we head out, do you have anything you would like to share? Mm, well, going along with the darknet thing, um, definitely if you're a noob, um, you should do as much reading as possible, especially on the uh, Tor browser site itself that you know shows you all about it. If you install it, make sure that um, in, in the current iteration of Tor browser, and make sure it's always up to date before you go surfing around out there, in the darknet itself. Um, <clears throat> make sure you turn up the security from 
like a basic security to more security, if not the, the most security. They changed it so that it's a little less secure in just default. You need to actually take action to make it more secure because you could get some JavaScripting, you know, attacks, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, there's plenty to see out there. Uh, be safe when you're doing it. Like we said, if you're on uh, any of those fresh onions type of sites and there's just an onion link, but there's no, no, nothing, nothing next to it that says what it is, don't click it. Just don't click it. You don't want to. Take our advice. Stay away from the blank links. Just yeah. stay away from them. Otherwise, have fun. All righty. This has been Technical Outcast. I'm your host, Steve Reagan. You can find me online at steveb 3 on Twitter and, of course, technicaloutcast.com. If by chance you find Dr. Cryptia on the Twitters, <laughs> Godspeed. I, I have nothing but uh, I wish you luck. <laughs> <laughs> But thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.